what had happened was I lost my best friend. I lost my son. I lost my pride and joy. I lost my heart. I got a big hole in my heart, and I don't know if it'll ever be filled, but the more you hug me, the smaller that hole gets. Thanks for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. I'm Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. The voice you just heard belongs to Mike Turner, and in my humble opinion, he has every right to be angry. His 30-year-old son, Logan, was one of nine people killed during the Oregon District mass shooting a little more than a month ago. As you will find out during this podcast, there have been times when Mike has been angry. That said, he is not letting hate rule the day. Instead, he is spreading a message of love and conversation. Mike has hugged hundreds and hundreds of people since the day his son's life was tragically cut short. Through hashtag Logan Hugs, the retired car salesman with a big old heart hopes to remind people that tomorrow is not promised and love and a hug can go a very long way. Mike explains why he leaves messages on napkins in restaurants and why he opened his arms during the recent Dayton Shine concert hosted by comedian Dave Chappelle. We also talk about Logan and the legacy he leaves behind. The What Had Happened Was podcast is a project of Dayton.com brought to you by the fine folks at Cox Digital Marketing. Let this trusted name in advertising help you find solutions for your digital needs. Like and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. Episodes of the What Had Happened Was podcast can also be found on the WHIO app for Roku and Amazon Fire. Now, here's my conversation with Mike Turner. What do you want to have happen as a result of all this? Peace, love, and harmony. I want everybody to love each other. I want everybody to hug each other. I want to let everybody know that hugging somebody gives you good goosebumps, and it makes you feel better about whatever's going on in your life. And I really do believe that it works. I think if everybody would just turn around to a stranger or a neighbor and hug them instead of texting them or get on Facebook and saying, hey, how you doing? Let's, let's get body contact back into this and look each other in the eye and say, I love you. And That was the amazing part about this. If there was one good thing about it, people were hugging and people were mm-hmm. telling each other they love each other. I've told so many people I love them and it's true. You don't feel like you need to, but you do need to. You, you need to have that contact. You need to have, you know, call them by their first name, give them a hug, tell them you love them and pass it on. We could all do that. Were you a hugger before? Uh, our family's... We'd rather hug than shake hands. My son and I always had this thing that uh, we'd hug each other, and then we'd try to poke each other in the ribs, see who could do it <laughs> first. So it's it's a great thing to hug. Families need to do that. They need to have contact. I believe it wholeheartedly. Were you in town when you found out that this happened? Yes. His birthday was on the July the 30th. Our tradition is to always call that day and sing happy birthday, which I had done on the 30th, but I couldn't get in town to that following weekend. We had made plans to have a birthday party for him on Sunday afternoons. My fiance Kathy, woke me up about 7.30 and had told me that there was a shooting downtown. So I texted Logan, which I still text every day. I, I've not given up texting him. He didn't answer, but it, it wasn't uncommon for my son to answer anything before 2 o'clock because that was his, I get up at 2. I felt, well, okay, he's not got out of bed yet. He only lived about five minutes from where we were staying, my mother's house. This went on for about an hour or so, me calling and texting, calling and texting. And then I went on to Messenger Message some of his friends. No answers. Mom was baking his birthday cake. Had the crock pot set up for some pulled pork. My sister was coming over. We were going to have a birthday party for him at 5 o'clock. And he had told us he was going to work Sunday. So I didn't know he had gone out Saturday night. 
so I don't know, it was around 9.30 or so. I said, well, you know, I'm going to go get us breakfast. I'll just go to McDonald's real quick. And I figured I'd just drive by his house real quick, see if his car was there. And I drove by the house, and his car wasn't there. So then I told myself, well, he's staying with Mason. You know, they go downtown. Mason lives right over off Marshall. And I said, yeah, he'll just go over to me, which he's done many times. Those guys were, like, stuck together. They were so close. Uh, got back home and told Kathy that his car wasn't there. And, and I got a phone call from his mother. And she had known that he had gone out that night to Ned Peppers. That was their – he had a – his mother's significant other's son ran the – is it the corner kitchen or country kitchen there on the corner, corner kitchen? Corner kitchen. He mm-hmm. was the manager for the kitchen. They'd always go down there and have a few beers and eat with him, and then they'd go out. We got a phone call from the Springboro Police, and my my life will never be the same. I wouldn't sit here in front of you; I'd be bawling my eyes out right now. So, yeah. But um, I didn't believe it. He's always loaning money to people. I wouldn't doubt that he'd loan somebody his ID and his wallet to get into a bar. His two best friends, well, actually, there was four of them together. One had left early, Michael, which is Mason's brother, and their cousin, Travis. And uh, didn't get pretty after that. It just wasn't. Young man being young man, living their lives, you have something like this happen, which is surreal almost still. It is surreal. Mm -hmm. I'm 65 years old, and I've lost friends to horrible accidents, and I've watched people grieve. Um I've lost family members. I hate to say it this way, but you got cancer or you have a, a health issue and you, you watch them decline. And then finally, when they go, you have a, a piece of heart saying they're in a better place. This just wasn't fair to take these nine lives. One gentleman was like 56 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's still not fair. It's still not fair. But most of the victims were in the prime of their life. Yeah. And this kid had to hate so bad. That's where we come back to the... If somebody had just grabbed him and hugged him, maybe it would have changed his mind. Maybe it would have given him hope for a better life. Maybe he would have sat down and said, you know what, somebody does love me. Somebody probably is listening to this right now and going, well, that hugging stuff, that's cute and whatever, but I know it's true. I know that if you share love with people, it's a good things can happen. It is. And, you know, I, again, I'm 65 years old. I think I'm still in the prime of my life, but as you get older, you do gain some wisdom. If you're lucky anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. If you're smart enough to pick up on it. And uh, that's my wisdom. Stop the hate. Start the love. It feels a lot better. Smile instead of frown. I mean, in the business I was in, we'd always say, you know, turn that frown upside down. You know, smile. Smiling will get you a lot further than, than a snarl. It's the truth. <laughs> it is. It's just one of these things that get smart. Start hugging and loving. You don't have to kiss them. You don't have to do it for more than 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah, it gets weird. You know, <laughs> just 10 or 15 seconds. Tell them, God bless, have a great day. And if you have any issues you want to talk about, let's sit down. Let's grab a water or a tea and let's talk. You got to do it. it. There's no question in my mind you got to do it. And, you know, I was always a hugger. You know, I, it's not that I would walk down the street and start hugging people, but I'd rather hug than shake a hand. It's just, it's just a lot more shows love. Shows well, friendship. your heart is right next to somebody else's heart. Yeah. Very good, yeah. You can you can do this, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it all. At the Dayton Shine, I walked out in the crowd. I probably hugged a couple hundred people. They started lining up. They started lining up to get hugged by you? Yeah. Why is your family like that? My mom's side had quite a few kids. My dad's side had quite a few kids. 
That's quite a few, like 11, 12. Uh, 12 and 13, I think. I think mom's side was 13 and dad's side was 11 or 12. It was a big family. So whenever we get to family reunions, you only see each other two or three, four times a year. You'd always walk around and hug each other and pat each other on the back, tell them you miss them and you love them. And my family was always like that. I grew up in a Christian environment. Hugging was just normal. I just wish more of that would happen. Did you grow up around here? I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Grew up off Rock, Gettysburg. Went to Gettysburg Elementary. And then we moved to Kettering and went to Fairmont East. Go Falcons. Now they're not <laughs> around anymore, but uh, just moved to Chattanooga about four or five years ago. So what do you want people to know about your son? Who was Logan? You know, as a parent, sometimes you have to scold, whip up on them, shape them up. You always wonder if what you taught your kids growing up, if they've listened. You know, Logan would come back to me every now and then and say, Dad, you're right on this. Gosh, Dad, you're right on that. And you sit back and you sort of start getting proud of him at a certain age. And Logan, at about 24, uh, he seemed to wake up. He was responsible loving, loyal. He had the most infectious smile on a kid that you'd ever walk up and look at. I mean, he just, he would just beam. He was very confident in himself. He uh, went to a couple different colleges and finally got his engineering degree after seven or eight years, which he he did good. I was proud of him. And uh, he was working at a bar to pay his way through school. And uh, and that's how he met a lot of people. And uh, everybody always had good words about Logan, how nice he was, how kind he was, how he would take time out to listen to their issues. His path in life was set, Amelia. At around 26, 27, he bought his first house. And he bought a new car. Then he bought an old truck because the new car wouldn't go in the snow. <laughs> and uh, he fell in love. Molly, sweet, sweet girl. They were dating four, five, six months, something like that, when this happened. And uh, You think she was going to be the one? She was the one. Okay. She is the one. He had called me up a couple times and said, Dad, this is it. This, you know, I love her. And uh, sooner or later, I got to do this. So I think maybe Molly... Molly's the one, and, oh, and they, wow. they were talking about buying a new house because he lived on a little 900-square-foot bachelor pad. The garage is bigger than the house. He called me up one time and said, Dad, uh, she's going to make me a better man. And I said, well, that's awesome, son. I said, that's great. That's great. I like to meet her, and I, I got to meet her once before this. What's she like? She's a beautiful soul. She uh, brought the best out of Logan. She's got her bachelor's degree, and uh, now she's uh, going back to school for something else at Sinclair. And She's a very smart young lady. Uh, I want her in my life forever. I hope we can stick around forever because she saw Logan in a different light than I did. It's good to talk to her about Logan. And we both talk daily through text, millennials, you know, text. <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, one of these things that uh, her and I both talk about what Logan said to us last night or what Logan's doing today to, to make us feel better. And, and her and Logan had planted a maple tree in a pot. She sent me a picture of it. The other day, she's getting ready to plant it. It's about three or four foot tall. You know, my son, he's just, he was just a, he was a joy to be around. He really, truly was. Now, as a parent, sometimes, if you're a parent, you understand what I mean. You still have to smack him every now and then. But, uh, <laughs> Logan, Especially a little boy, right? Yeah. But Logan, in the last four or five years, it just, he had everything going for him. He had every, he called me up after he got hired at this bar that he worked at, the barrel, Greg. I think his name is, used to eat in there a couple, two or three times a week across the street, this machine shop. So one day he asked Logan, he said, what are you doing here at this bar? And he said, well, I'm getting ready to graduate from school. He goes, what are you taking? And he said, well, I'm taking mechanical engineering technologies through Sinclair. Greg said, oh my God, I've been eating here for three years and never knew what you were going to do. And I own a machine shop. Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. So Logan called me up one day, said, dad, I'm going to go put an application in. I said, well, take a pen with you, you know, dress up, look good. He came, (laughs) he called me back a couple hours later. He says, he hired me on the spot. (laughs) <laughs> so I didn't even fill an application. I fired, and they got benefits. You know, he, had ne- <laughs> he had never had benefits before. It was his first job ever for benefits. He was well-liked there. 
excelling in his career there. What did he like to do when he wasn't working or bartending? He worked 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. every day. Oh, wow. Four days a week. Sleep was one of the most important things for him. But he would uh, tinker around. He had some old cars he'd worked on a lot. Then he would usually one day a week, his off week, he had to take care of his house, you know, cut the grass, as we all have to do, own a home. And he lifted weights. He loved to be with his friends. And he would go to the Oregon District um, probably about once a week. He loved the Oregon District. I loved the Oregon District growing up. It started back in the day when I was I was young. Where'd you go when you were going down there? Uh, Newcombs and Jonathan's. Okay. Which and one is jo- Where's Jonathan? Tie Nine. Oh, really? That was yeah, the bar. That okay. was that was the bar. Okay. Newcombs and Jonathan's. And then there was the hole in the wall bars that everybody would go through. And it was a fun place then. I hope it continues to be a fun place now. I don't want to see this tragedy take away from that. I know. I've talked to some people who say they can't go down there anymore, and we shouldn't allow this horrible event to cause us to change our lives. I hold Logan with one hand right now, and I hold God in the other. I really do believe that he's guided me in the direction that I'm going now. Do you want to see his death and life go on? In, in oh, the- yes. Oh, yeah. I want Logan to be remembered forever. His mother told me before the funeral that, that he always wanted to be called Michael. His middle name was Michael, Logan Michael Turner. So, oh, well, your name's Mike, so yeah, maybe you want yeah, to be like Pops. Yeah, he, uh, he was a great kid. I know she's talking about starting a scholarship fund at Springboro High School. Kathy and I are doing the foundation nonprofit, so I'd have to let them talk about that. I'm just in the shadows with that a little bit. You know, I give my comments, and then they don't listen to me. And <laughs> <laughs> But Kathy and Betsy would love to talk about it. The thing that strikes me, though, is that a lot of people retreat. They have every right to react the way they want to react and but you're not you're like out there you're hugging people you're touching people you're talking about god to people what do you want to come from that i I just want love peace and harmony a friend of mine gave me that phrase 20 years ago said Mm -hmm. mike that's all you want when this tragedy first happened i i was mad the first couple days i really was mad i was mad at god i was mad at the shooter i was mad at people that was screaming and hollering the night of the vigil i mean i was really angry and six foot seven 270 pounds looks ugly when it's angry and i went home that night and Logan talked to me, and then God was, you know, on the other shoulder talking to me, and there's so much hate in the world right now. You hear more hate than you do anything else. A lot of negatives, and what I want to come out of this is I want people to be positive. I want people to look at each other and find the good about each other other than the negative. The hate part, it's got to go away, or this country will never, never get better. Yeah, I just wonder sometimes if it can go away, the way people are so tied to it, they don't want to let it go. Well, they, they need to learn. You know, if I can do it in the situation I'm at right now, if I can sit back, I've lost my only son, my only child. I mean, don't get me wrong. I cry all the time. I cried all the way from home to here today. But if I can walk out in a crowd of people, I have no idea who they were. And how many people were at the Dayton Vigil, the the shine? I mean, they said over 100,000 people. Yeah, that was a (laughs) a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. It was more like 30, 35,000. Yeah. But that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And I just walked out and started hugging people. And everybody everybody but one person hugged me. One person wouldn't hug me. And I think it was just a guy-guy thing. I don't think he wanted to hug me. (laughs) But he shook my hand. But uh, Did they know who you were? Well, I had my hashtag Logan Hug shirt on. It's hard to miss me walking in a crowd. My head's above everybody else. You're a giant man. I'm a big guy. I'd rather see that than people screaming and hollering obscenities. For what reason? They have no skin in the game in this. They don't. They don't. I mean, I'm the one that's got a loss. Right. And I'm out there smiling and hugging and praying with people. 
if they want to pray. I'm not a deeply religious man, but I am religious. I just believe we all need to go to go to somebody that you look at above whoever it is, whichever religion you go to. Or if you're not religious, you still talk to yourself and you ask questions. Well, what's wrong with saying, let's go hug somebody? What's wrong with that? What, what is, what's wrong with that? Nothing. If you have a phobia about touching because you're a germaphobe or something, wear, wear gloves. Right. You know, <laughs> they don't care. Just hug somebody. I'd love to see everybody in Dayton line up. I'd hug every single person. I really would just because that's what we need. You need love for sure. You need it. Stopping in real fast to remind you that you're listening to the What It Happened Was podcast, and I'm Amelia Robinson. The Dayton Foundation has established the Dayton, Oregon District Tragedy Fund. The fund allows individuals to make charitable contributions to help families directly affected by this terrible tragedy. There is a link in the episode description directing you to where you can help. While you're on the Dayton Foundation's website, be sure to donate to the Greater Dayton Disaster Relief Fund, which supports those impacted by the 15 Memorial Day tornadoes. Now back to my chat with Mike. You've had a lot of time to think about this, obviously. It's probably all you thought about, and I can't imagine that it's all you thought about because it's all I would have thought about. Why do you think it happened? As humans, we always want to find a reason. Have you come up with a reason? No. I've, uh, I've thought of all the reasons. To find the one, I can't. The only thing I can say is this young man had issues. I've heard people say that he, he's a great guy. I've heard people say he was an evil person. Now, the end result was he's an evil person in my eyes. But you forgive. In, in my faith, you forgive. And I wish if my son would have been walking down the street and saw this kid, he would have stopped and said, what's up? What's, what's wrong? Let's talk. That's the kind of kid Logan was. And I don't know if I could have done that. I just see so many issues in this country that can be solved pretty easily with love and communication that that's not happening. We just need to sit down without screaming and hollering and accusing, accusing and yeah. pointing and just sit down and just talk like we're neighbors. I mean, what's wrong with that? I'd love to do that with everybody. You know, what's your issue? You would think that it wouldn't be so hard, but for a lot of people it is hard to just uh... – to listen and to shut up. A lot of people right. can't shut up. <laughs> no, they, no, they can't. And, and and I ran into a few of those. And I just, I'm really, really trying hard not to make anything into a political um, speech. I want this to be about love. And whenever politics enters into any discussion, you're going to start screaming and hollering. And I don't care if it's your with your dad, your sister, right. your aunt, uncle, or just somebody on the street. And everybody's allowed to have their views. But the one view I want everybody to have is love. Let's just love each other. You know, it's a lot of people in the United States, a lot of people in the world. And if we had a lot more love, let's make love the campaign. I'm trying my best, and it's only been a, a month since I lost my son. He, again, he talks to me all the time, and there's so many things I want to do. I just can't get them all done. What is he saying to you when he's talking to you? Be just good. Be good. Calm down. Be safe. I mean, today is the first time I drove by his gravesite. <laughs> Didn't stop. Couldn't do it. But, uh, he's next to my father. So my dad's my dad's with him. So they're down looking at me. You know, dad would say the same thing about me that I said about my son. He's, he's a good kid. I mean, he was 30 years old. God takes angels first. I believe he's up there directing me to be calm mm-hmm. and, and try to help. Tell me, how can people get in on this Logan Hug thing? I've dropped napkins at restaurants. I've stopped people on the street and just asked them if I could hug them. 
and they look at you a little funny because of my size. Right. And then I say, listen, you know, I, I lost <clears throat> I lost a family member in the Oregon district shooting, and I'd like to give you a hug. And like I say, all but one out of everybody, everybody I've walked up to, which is hundreds and hundreds of people, and I've only had two people that haven't hugged me for whatever reason, but they still talk to me. And I think if we all discuss our issues around a hug and a love, it's a little calmer situation. And I want it to go nationwide. I want it to go worldwide. I want everybody to know that it takes, what, 10 seconds, 15 seconds to hug somebody, but that's a lasting effect. I mean, it's hours that you walk around going, man, this guy hugged me. It made me feel so good. I want good to happen. I want everyone to know that that's Logan hugging you, asking you, do you have any issues you want to talk about? Have people talked to you about issues when you hug them? Not at the moment. They're just hugging me when I tell them Logan was my son. Just like the receptionist downstairs, they just, you know, they just want to, they want to hug me and pray for me. And, and, and I appreciate that. Unfortunately, this happens until the next big thing or the next big tragedy or the next big breaking news. I don't want Dayton and the world to forget that this hug thing came from Dayton, comes from Logan, and comes from my family. I want everyone just to continue hugging. You know, I went to the Dayton Shine concert, and I rode the bus from UD. And as the bus stopped over here off of Fifth Street, I announced myself. I said, like, everybody in that bus hugged me. Everybody in the bus. It's not hard to do. It takes not. seconds. I just want everybody to know that hug your doctor, hug your veterinarian, hug your sister, because tomorrow they might not be here. Let's start doing that. It's not hard. To the Dayton Shine, you brought two people who tried to help your son that night, right? Yeah, I did. Why'd you want to do that? The two ladies that were with my son when he passed, everybody was running out of the back of these establishments, Holly and Kayla. Now, Holly ran out the front door. The bouncer wouldn't let her, but she says, you best. So she ran to Logan, and Kayla's a nurse, and she ran to Logan. They were with him the whole time and tried their best. It, it didn't happen. And they felt very guilty, very guilty. And I had a lot of thoughts about Logan, how he, was he in pain? Was somebody there to hold his hand and hug him? And they both tried everything they could do, and it didn't happen. So they were, uh, they were very, they had, they had guilty feelings because they couldn't help him. I mean, the Dayton police stopped this horrible incident in 31 seconds. Yeah. But this man let over 200 bullets fly. In 31 seconds, it ended. And uh, Holly and Kayla didn't run away from the bullets. They ran towards the bullets. So they needed closure along with us because they didn't know Logan. They didn't know the other nine people laying on the street. We needed to have communication. Holly and Kayla need as much love as they can get right now. They're probably in more pain than everybody else in Dayton because they were there at that moment and watched my son fade away yeah it's remarkable the amount of people who have that guilt i guess it would be or sorrow in their hearts it's a bunch of bartenders and stuff and bouncers yes. i know who yes. work there who are like i should have done something one of my good friends a bouncer he says well I, the guy walked right by me and it's like what are you gonna do you can't you can't no, the, he would have shot you too the yeah. bouncer at ned peppers closed and locked the door mm -hmm. and he probably saved because he tried to get in ned peppers yeah he did he saved hundreds of lives because yeah. the police wouldn't have been able to get to him. I met him at the pub uh, the day of the Dayton Shine. And he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big man. And, and I, I hugged him and thanked him for what he did. 
And I said, you know, you saved hundreds of lives, hundreds, because this man was equipped with an arsenal. He did a good job. I'm very proud of him. It's scary to think there are more people out there just walking around living in this. I don't want to hate anybody at all, and I don't hate this guy, and I, hope, I know you don't hate him either. It seems like you don't. But there's so many people walking around with that sort of anger or rage, whatever you want to call it, evil in their hearts. And it's like, how do you stop them? <laughs> how do you stop this from happening to another family? That's another discussion, I think. I know. I, I can't. There's no way. I mean, I'm a Second Amendment guy. So is my son. So are a lot of my friends. I know there's more guns than people in the world in the United States. But that's our that's our right. If you take guns away, guess who's going to have guns? That same kid. I do believe there's some things you can do as a country to subdue that somewhat. But then you have people that don't want that to happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm not against a lot of the things that the Governor DeWine has brought up. That's just a different show. I mean, right. I can't, I can't, I don't want to make it political at all. Oh, I wasn't trying to make it I know, political. I know, I know, I know. But I just, I can't, uh, this is where the part where I get mad. I don't want to get mad today. And the show's about hugs and love and talking to strangers. And I mean, I talked to a gentleman at the minister's convention here a couple of weeks ago, Governor DeWine held a bunch of pastors in Dayton got together. There was a young man I was talking to that he's a pastor with a group and he walks up and down streets like the Oregon district or down in Cincinnati and just talks to kids. He's a young man himself and just says it's amazing how many people just sit down and start talking about their problems. It's a street ministry. It's a street ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and he, I'm going to go out with him. I can quote a few verses or, you know, but uh, some of these guys are amazing. And, and he just asked me to walk with him one night. And I, I, I don't know if I can do it in the Oregon district, but I might go down to Cincinnati with him or something. He just said it's amazing how after it happened, how he was down there the week following, how, you know, he found a, a gentleman sitting on a, a wall down there somewhere. A, he said it was a big biker-looking guy, tattoos, and big, big dude. And he said he was sitting there crying. He just stopped and started talking to him. And he said the guy just collapsed in his arms. Dayton's hurting. And, and I really do believe instead of arguing why it happened, arguing how we could have stopped it from happening, if we could all just join hands and make the world better by hugging and loving. I mean, hug your mother, hug your brother, hug your kids, because tomorrow's not guaranteed, and we all know that. We all know that. Yeah, I think we got reminded, if we didn't know it, <laughs> how in the worst, one of the worst ways possible you, you get reminded of something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are going to forget about this, though, and just move on? I, I mean, right think, now I we're all kind of, you know, very much. Yeah, I don't think Dayton's going to forget it. We had El Paso, then then we had the guy that shot the mailman the other day, driving down the street just shooting people. That I don't think Dayton will forget, but I think, you know, I've been driving around the country here lately, going back and forth. And, you know, I've stopped in some places that never heard of it. Really? Yeah. And that's just two states away. We need to make noise about what happened at Dayton because it can happen in your city next. And it has. I mean, it's happening everywhere. And I can start on a mental health issue because I believe that a lot of it starts there. But, again, it, that's a different discussion. I think that young man could have used some help. That's what I meant, too. There's a lot of people out there who just need some help. They just that's need help. That's why I like this. They need some help. I just, you know, I, you sit back and you look at the laws and you say, why, why did they do that? Why did they allow this to happen? Why, why the police is, their hands are tied. I mean, you sit back and you, you look at all the reasons, and, well, there's the reason. Nothing was ever done. 
Why wasn't it done? Because of lawyers, because of laws. It's just a. Uh, it's like I said, it's another discussion. I, it's just it's, I want this to be a happy, happy thing. I want everybody to know that my best friend in life died, and I'm trying to be a better man by showing people that you can still be with God. You can still show a smile. You can still hug somebody and ask them if they have any issues you want to talk about. And we just need love in the country, Amelia. We do. And and I hope that I hope that I can make this happen. I really truly do. And by doing what I'm doing with you today, I'm glad we got back together with each other. I've you know, over the last month I've probably had twenty thousand phone calls. I'm sure you and have text and I don't know how you guys find me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> But the, it's just, I mean. We're reporters. We track you down. <laughs> I mean, it's just its just amazing how many people have contacted. And you have to touch my soul for me to talk to you. So you, you've you have contacted me through somebody else that knew me or something. Yeah. And uh, they said you were a good person. So, and I've said no to a lot of people. And, well, I'm uh, so glad you came in here because you have a kind soul and I can see that. Thanks. And we need more people like that in this world, obviously. We need people that want to hug and love and don't, don't fight. Don't. Don't look at somebody ugly. And I'm a road rage guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I get mad behind the window in my car sometimes, but I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to be a better person. And a lot of people out there, probably right now listening to me, are probably saying, he's dead, you know, come on, Turner. Go through what I've gone through. People people have to start loving and hugging each other. I mean, they just have to. And I, I walk into gas stations and do it. I was in Walmart the other night and did it. I was at uh, Menards and did it. I bumped into Matt Heck uh, in Menards and gave him a big hug. He didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And I told him who I was, and he just stood there in in awe of me giving him a hug. And I told him I appreciate everything his advocates have done for us. I've had everybody that has come together to help the families of the victims has been awesome. Absolutely. Red Cross, FBI, Dayton, the police, everybody. I want to hug and, and love on every one of the first responders. I do. I haven't done it yet. I was. I tried early on, but they, <laughs> they were all on leave, so I understood. There's a that. lot of hugging to do too. There's a. It's just everybody needs it. I, yeah. I can't. I can't emphasize it enough. I, I really can't. I just. If you're at work right now and you're listening to the podcast, turn around and hug somebody. What's that going to hurt you? Be a big person. Just you initiate. That's all. That's all it takes. Especially if you're a girl. Okay? <laughs> you get hugs quick. So. <laughs> That's true. What do you do for a living? I'm retired. I sold cars. I was a car salesman. Okay. So like I said, there might be some people out there going, who, Turner, come on. <laughs> but I worked at Bowtowns and Ford for 21 years in Vandalia. Met a lot of people. Uh, made some good friends. That group of guys that I worked with have all been rocks for me right now. Really good group of people up there. If you see me walking down the street, I mean, I'm six foot seven, gray hair. Might have seen my picture on TV. It's not about me. I'm just a vessel. Just come up and hug me. Find somebody to be friends with, hug them, talk to them. If you have issues, please go see somebody and talk to them about it, whether it's a minister or a counselor. Man up. Tell people your issues. Get it under control. Oh, my God. you're. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in and talking with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling me. I'm truly honored that Mike shared his story and his hugs with me. Be sure to pass it along and hug as many people as you can. And let's spread hashtag Logan Hugs nationwide. The What Had Happened Was podcast is a project 
of Dayton.com. Edited, produced, and hosted by me, Amelia Robinson, in the WHIO Radio Studios. Thanks to my friend Troy Lyman from TL Creates of Columbus for the show's artwork. Stay Dayton strong and love as many people as you can. I'm going to see you later, alligators. Bye-bye.